Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are here at the Deltaplex at the Hunting Time Expo. Uh, sitting down with Ben Concitis with Michigan Whitetail Pursuit um, to talk a little bit about their DVD series and about some some hunting in Michigan here. So if you're not from Michigan, you're not familiar, you've heard all the bad things about the the deer genetics and population and everything in in Michigan. Ben's here to uh, dispel all those myths, and he's going to point <laughs> you right in the direction of where you can you can find some good quality. Uh, uh, michigan hunting content so uh how you doing today ben i'm doing well guys thanks for having me on today yeah i hope you know that's i hope i didn't lead you into uh you know down a path you're not familiar with but uh, so so tell us a little bit about your history with uh michigan whitetail pursuit and kind of what you guys do over there sure thing so we're uh uh yesterday we just launched our season nine dvd so we're nine seasons in that's very mature for the the hunting industry for video DVDs, especially when we're so focused on our state versus a national type of uh, presence. We're very loyal to the Michigan crowd type of thing. Um, and highlighting just the all the various uh, walks and experiences, focuses that various hunters have throughout our state. Um, so the public land hunters to the the private land guys, uh, the the hunters that depend on those food plots to hinge cuts, all that whole habitat aspect of it, the the big woods hunters, um, you know, all those different areas, as well as just investing in our youth, you know, yeah. youth hunts. One of the things I like about the the whitetail pursuit, and you guys put out a pretty good YouTube as you go, so it's not just yes. a one time DVD. You're you have other content out there outside of that too correct correct um and a lot of what you see on the dvd is also on there as well but we have bonus footage or hunts or whatever they're only exclusively on the dvd 
Um, you know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, so much video is gone on demand in the cloud and things like that. So you almost think oh, DVDs old school now, right? <laughs> or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but we have a, a amazing amount of loyalty within our following. We got 60,000 followers on Facebook. And, you know, a lot of those folks just want something to hang on to in their hands. And they like to have that that DVD, I think, at their deer camps. Right. And so what's the history with Michigan Whitetail Pursuit? Sure. Well, it was in its infancy, it was just formed by uh, Calvin Beek, who uh, was going to Davenport. And my understanding was it was a school project. You know, they were to take a product to market type of thing. You could do T-shirts or whatever. Well, he was, you know, working, I think, within a bow shop, and he was a passionate hunter, and he wanted to do a hunting video. Well, it, it really seemed to take off. You know, people really responded well to that. So he continued that, and where I came in was in Season 3. Because there was kind of a void um, on the video productions for a presence in the UP. And I had my UP deer camp. So Calvin and I, you know, we had a mutual friend. And it, it just seemed to make sense to uh, bring that to the, the DVD production in the future. So for the, I don't know, the culture now of YouTube, Instagram, Facebook Live, everything so quickly. How does it work with a DVD um, so what goes into, because uh, I know that, I guess, kind of give us your role with uh, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, but uh, along with that, what goes into making a DVD? Because how, sure. how many episodes or how much footage goes into a one hour or hour and a half DVD? Sure. Yeah. So our uh, DVD from season eight was 150 minutes. Uh, season nine is 130 minutes. We have... I don't even. I don't. I have no idea how many hours of footage that we splice out to make such a, a video. But um, it's interesting because you hit, you know one of the team members is up in Charlevoix. I mean we're we're all over the state. So to get our our footage under one house, plus I'm working with an editor that's at another location. So we got to really dialogue on what that timeline looks like um, for each hunt. Um, to get this video out on time for this show, we really had to come together as a team. It really united us even more because some of the guys stepped in to do some editing as well, you know, pulling long hours, long shifts to, to get it done, you know. Um, so once deer season ends, it's go time. I mean, we we got to really crank to get that to the point where we can offer it at the show now. And yeah. so with that content, what what are you seeing on there? You know, I feel like as Michigan hunters, you're always as a less than, right? Because it's just Michigan or it's just, just this. Um, one of the things I like about it is that you guys show a lot of kills across the board for, you know, does, youth, all the yes. way up to great deer. I mean, you had a heck of a season this year. Yeah. I, I, ben is actually uh, a a cousin of mine um and we were at a show a week or two ago uh a thing that uh, ben puts on every year for uh love inc and it we were talking about our family had an amazing year but but for you in particular and it had a, an amazing year yeah I finally tagged out <laughs> that doesn't happen too often for me but that's okay you know so yeah, I my my goal is you know for me myself 
is uh, shoot something that's three and a half years old or older, and and that came together on both accounts. So I was I was very tickled with that. Um, but yeah, I mean the the DVD from the the very first chapter is called "Shoot Like a Girl," and that's me taking my daughter out uh, for the early antlerless hunt, and she scores with a shooting a 450 Bushmaster. It's fun. I mean that that gun just rocks, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but then it goes, segues right into some youth hunts. And then we have a special hunt, um, Ryan Gaddy that's on our team. He's sits on the board for, uh, the Hope Foundation, which, uh, the emphasis there is take, uh, quite often terminally ill, uh, youth out hunting. And so that's a special hunt that's on there that we're pretty proud of. So really just, uh, not about just our seasons, but to, to give back and invest in others, you know, trying, but, and try and give a hand up, you know, not just take them out and just let them shoot, you know, some youth hunt, you know, shooting a 160 inch buck or whatever right. as their first buck, but, you know, get, get the youth involved and, and get a taste of what it takes. Right. Get them inter- interested in it. Not just, Oh, I went out and shot a 160 inch buck. I'm done. Yeah. So right on. And so that's been John's project this year. You know, I, John does a lot of our bow work, and um, he's the he's I'm maybe the brains behind the operation, but he's the brain in the operation. So <laughs> he, he's the guy that's you know he's telling me no, you can't do that. This is what we need to do. No, that's probably not right. But his deal, uh, you know, I kind of charged him with filming his hunt. I gave him a camera and an arm, and I said, John, get out there. And he's one of these guys when he sets his mind to something, it it happens. But along with that he was trying to get his son on a on a deer this year and and yeah it's been that's kind of been my goal the last few years actually you know my son just turned 15 this year and you know he's got baseball now he's doing basketball and he's got all the stuff so but shooting archery and shooting deer i mean that's it's that's one of our goals sure so i put a lot of time in the woods i mean not a lot but the time I put in the woods was focused on pretty much like kind of pre-scouting and scouting for a spot where he could kill something, especially when we're hunting up north and, you know, it's the restricted area, you know, start out. You got to have three points on one side or better. And so anyway, I got some good footage. I, I brought the camera with me or I brought the camera arm with me at least every time. <laughs> there was a couple times where oh, I, I actually you. forgot the camera in the truck, but and. You know, our listeners have probably heard that story too many times. But so, what, like with your, with Michigan Whitetail Pursuit? So you guys, I mean, you gun hunt, archery hunt. You know, so what? What like? What's your passion? I mean, is it just hunting in general, or do you love to archery hunt, or do you love to gun hunt? What? (laughs) Um. Deep down, my my favorite is definitely bow hunting. Yeah. You know, uh, always has been. Uh, that being said, I love it all. <laughs> I, you know, I I I have people all the time that maybe aren't as tight with my hunting circle, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I heard you went up north. Did you get anything?" I'm like, "Nope," and it, I'm not thinking anything of it. And they're looking at me with just deep, sorrowful eyes, and I'm like. Look at him like, don't feel bad for me. I get to go out again, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I, I uh, e- even uh, tagging out on my two bucks, you know, the, the I tagged out on Thanksgiving morning. 
awesome, but I'm going doe hunting, you know, or I'm going out with the with the guys. I mean, it's it's deer right. season, baby. You know, I'm, I'm not changing anything. Just being know, at so. camp, too, you know. It's like Adam tagged out this year. I didn't even fill a tag, you know, but I had a great time hunting, you know, learning, doing the camera stuff. We, we went with the hanging hunt stands, and my pack was 62 pounds. With, wow. <laughs> and wow. If it hadn't been for our uh, elk hunt out west, I I would have been... I wouldn't have made it like a quarter, a quarter yard from the truck with sixty-two pounds, but sure thing. So, you know, I know you personally. A lot of the the stands that you have, everything is kind of like preset and scouted, and, and everything is kind yeah. of just so. Um, it, give us a little bit about the dynamic within the team and, and kind of how. How many people are on the team? How do you become a member of the team? How did that, this whole thing come to be? Sure, sure. Um, so I think we have 17 team members right now. About half of those are pro staff, and the other half are uh, field staff. Um, we kind of basically created guidelines for each, you know, expectations kind of thing. Um, it is a bit interesting, you know, adding that to your hunting of, <clears throat> okay, now I got expectations, you know, put on me kind of thing. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that because I'm a pretty independent type of guy, you know. It's, um, somebody tell me what to do, you know, kind of stuff, right? So how do I how do I embrace this and have this work for me so it's my idea? So I got a little bit of stubbornness in me. But um, so, you know, we've, we've got a... Uh, it, within the team, you know, we got a heavy load to carry throughout the season. So we have a couple of guys that manage the Instagram, some that manage the Facebook. Um, you know, uh, my brother Chris helps with the YouTube channel. And with each, uh, just really taking ownership of those areas, um, you know, it, it, it works well. And then, you know, we got the guy that's that's the meat hunter, and you got the QDMA guy, you got the public land focus guy, you got the big woods guy. Probably the only thing I haven't introduced to this yet is the whole tracking, you know, tr- tracking, mm-hmm. going toe-to-toe with those bucks in the snow up in the big woods. If, if I really could just, you know, uh, have it my way throughout the hunting season rather than produce, produce, produce type of thing, I really would like to add that component at some point because... Uh, you know, probably secondary to that bow hunting passion is tracking, but, you know, that would be more with a, you know, a rifle, something with peep sight, carbine, you know, just going old school. So let, let's get into that a little bit just because I know what you're referencing here. So, yeah. so Ben, um, if you guys have listened to um, any of the Big Woods Bucks uh, podcast with uh, Hal Blood, or um, he was on the Deer Hunter podcast not long ago. Um, thick, thick Maine accent. You yeah. know, just a, 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 a real treat to listen to. If you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. But um, I don't know how many years ago, and Ben will get into this, but he'd gone up there and, you know, he's kind of friends with, with Hal at this point. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about uh, how you ended up finding that big woods passion sure and, and I, how did you end up going out even to to hunt with them at the first time yeah great question so uh in 2006 i wanted my first paid hunt ever in my life i was always do it yourself but like i want to try paid hunt so i did a lot of researching i saw on the outdoor channel this guy named hal blood uh from cedar ridge outfitters out in maine 
and uh, they did pretty well. So I, I called the the business. You know, I'm thinking he's kind of a movie star kind of guy, so I, I, I didn't expect to talk to him. <laughs> he answers the phone. I'm like, uh, is this hell? He's like, yes, you know. And so I started talking to him. He's got that, like you said, that thick accent, you know, looking for a bear, you know, <laughs> out there in the choppings. <laughs> you know, so you get out there with your 30 six, you know. Anyways, just a great time. But so um, I booked a hunt with him. Well, I got out there, and I wasn't really looking for this vacation, which is more probably what the rest of the hunters are there looking for. I asked if I could help them with the baits every morning. Well, I, they ended up sending, uh, they, they were firing up a television show series themselves, and they ended up sending a camera guy with me out to the stand and filmed me, you know, rocking a, a, a boar's noggin. And that was, that was a blast. You know, it was my first bear ever. Um, anyways, I got to spend a lot of time out in the woods with Hal running these baits. And I could not believe the knowledge this guy had, and come to find out he's a professional tracker. I'm like, that's why, you know, I thought I was mr woodsman myself and i ain't hold a candle this guy so i was impressed well so in the evening he has uh all his bucks on the walls and stuff and everybody's just shooting the breeze in camp he's got a full body mount of this buck and it was a buck he attracted and shot it in its bed you know at 15 paces or something anyways everybody's just jaw jacking i'm more the introvert so i'm just staring at this mount just wow that that's a 230 pound dress buck all day long that thing is impressive Hal, he can see me just taking it in. He, he knows the look kind of thing. So he comes over to me. He's like, so when we going hunting, you know, and we started talking deer and stuff. Well, anyways, long story short, I ended up having him out to my place. Um, got a speaking opportunity for him. He came to Michigan, stayed at my house. We went out behind my house tracking. It was a blast. Well, then that led to eventually going up to Canada in the Boreal Forest and and hunting the crown land i mean talk about some big woods there <laughs> anyway so on the last day i was able to successfully track a buck and i caught it standing in its bed i videoed the whole thing had a gopro in my head that that was awesome and it, i didn't shoot him i could have flattened him i had made the decision if it wasn't the buck of a lifetime i wasn't going to do it because it's the final hours and it would have been a it would have been tough tough drag a drag i didn't want unless it was you know the buck of a lifetime right. but either way still felt like i i beat him at his own game that was right. awesome yeah so it's kind of funny that you say that because i could have shot a basket rack in idaho six miles from the truck and i you know i i tried to stalk in on him but john would have shot him right from where we stood <laughs> and it was the same thing it was like I, i'm not ready to either a go track this deer and this is the at the bow, you know, so this yeah. is deer bedded. Yeah. And go track them from there and then bring them back six miles to the truck. Yep. You know, I wasn't. Oh, we would have cut them up and just thrown half on your <laughs> back, <laughs> half my back, and we would have been out of there. Yeah. So I'm not letting you off the hook on that. Yeah. You should have <laughs> shot him. He's like, I'm going to track. He's like, not track. He's like, I was stalking into 25. I'm like, what? <laughs> when we started at 54, I mean, and, and it was was the gnarliest stuff you've seen. I mean, sure. just deadfalls and just dry weeds and stuff. I'm like, and he got to 38. That was a, to me, I was like, that's a miracle right there. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe, you know, that he got to that close, that close. He should have shot him at 40, but yeah, I would have shot him at the, the, 
where we first seen him. But oh, yeah. he was like trying to tell me to get I'm out like, of the way. At one point, I was like, "Adam, move over! I'm going to shoot him right here." <laughs> but, but so with that experience, how you know you uh, you referenced like your camp and yeah. Ben's camp that he has, and you'll see it on on, on some of the videos. Um, it's kind of like a truncated story but it is like the most off the grid up camp like not even like the kerosene like light because our camp started out with kerosene lights but it was like pressurized kerosene this is like a oil lamp and a car battery to charge your batteries and that's it it is uh, you know rainwater collection the whole works it's it's awesome um but so how is did that experience translate to you know we're we're looking at you know, trying to hunt these deer in their beds, get close, public land type stuff. Yeah. And you've got property in the UP, but it butts up to a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. public land where, you know, a lot of the family hunts and, and a lot of guys go out there. How has your experience there, um, you know, out there with Hal translated to Michigan here in, in, in the big woods of Michigan when you look at it on the scale of, you know, where you hunted in Canada, a little bit different kind of kind of woods, but. Sure. Um, UP feels definitely a bit smaller than our adventures in Canada. Um, but everything still relates, you know, everything translates, crosses over. Um, it's not hard to go in the UP and find thousands of contiguous acres where you're not going to be trespassing. And that's what you need for tracking. Um, ideal conditions anyway, it's not like you couldn't, but, um, so, you know, just, really uh the opportunity to follow his team around that week when i was in canada just kind of opened my eyes to be much more observant so maybe if you're a stand hunter you might cross a fresh set of tracks or something like that and you might make a mental note of it but it's too far to shoot there from your stand you're just, you're you're in the zone of i got to get to my stand and get up in it well this is you know you're you're going there's no limits, no boundaries. I mean, you're you just um, uh, things that he might notice of just you know you you take that track and tell him the difference between it's a buck or a doe and looking at its stride and its stance. How how wide is that chest? How long is its stride? You know how long is that step? Paying attention to those details that I think most hunters overlook. All that you know they're, they're looking for rape or scrapes <laughs> and rubs rapes too but you know uh that type of deer sign but as far as uh you know may- maybe they'll pay attention to a, a you know a big track but right. but is that buck track or doe track how's a doe pee versus how does a buck pee um you know notating all those things to know what what is you're following and the beauty is much like filming tracking you're you're on you're telling a story too because you're seeing everything that buck did through the night following that doe and then he's going to feed a little bit on some old man's beard and then he's you know heading in a straight line he's heading somewhere now he's starting to zigzag you know he's 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 looking for a place to to lay up so you're looking for the those green bluffs and different areas that um that he's gonna bet in and then to learn all those cardinal rules that he taught me like that buck likes to watch his backtrack because he's used to coyotes or wolves or bobcat or anything like that following on that backtrack so as he's walking, you know, he might do that zigzag. He figures out where he's going to go bad. He'll go in a straight line, and then it's like a triangle. So if heading up like this, and then a cut, 
and then he'll bed and he'll watch that backtrack. So as you're coming down the track, do 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 do, you're expecting him to be up here, but he's gonna watch you from this way. But because you know, based on the instincts, that he's gonna do that feeding, and then he's gonna go and he's heading for wandering for a place to lay down. That's you know to slow down, and and now you're at a creek. Well, so you bump them. Most people in Michigan, their style of hunting is they would feel defeated that they just kicked up that buck. Oh, it's in the next county. Yeah. My hunt's over. No, to them, I mean, that's like game on. You sit there, the cardinal rules, you wait 30 minutes. That buck runs, and he stops. And what's he do? He turns around, and he listens. And he listens, and he listens, and he listens. For 15 to 30 minutes, that deer just stands, because he's waiting to see if you're pursuing him. Once he realizes that you don't, it's like reset. Now he's walking. Well, you wait your 30 minutes patiently, which is hard to do, because you're freezing (laughs) your tail off. You could literally run down his running track till you find that standing set of tracks. Now you can slow up, but you got the freshest track you could possibly work with, right? Right. Game on, you know. That's, I like that, but I don't get to do that near enough. So do you look at that when you're scouting or like, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you have a lot of set stands and things like that and i think as the michigan hunter that's one of the things that is the hardest trend to buck right is that even though you're walking out there and you see fresh sign you're like well i hope he goes by my stand because my stand is over here you go right back because it's convenient and it's set up and you're you're already there or you have in your mind where you're gonna go How, how has that influenced you like over the years sure to be willing to change things up, risk things, take chances. Um, yeah, I used to be afraid, you know, to, to go outside that stand circle because I might be bumping all the deer. Well, forget that. you got to change things up through the season. You're scouting while you're hunting, right? You know, and uh, that's what it's all about. So before where I might um, discount that sign of those tracks, you know, I I now I'm, I'm just writing a dictionary of, or indexing every single thing I see. So I've had it before where I've, I've left to go out to the stand, and I come back, and I'm coming across the same set of tracks. I notice one newer set, you know, <laughs> and it's heading right to some cover here. So now I'm hunting my way back to the vehicle more than I normally would have. So that's what it, you know, picking up on that kind of sign and knowing that that just happened since I came through before. The thing was is when I crossed it the first time, it was even pitch dark out, you know, it was a morning hunt. But when I came back, I still picked up on that, you know. So with the Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, how much of it is public versus private, would sure. you say? Um, I would say public is probably at least a quarter of it, maybe to a half. Yep, kind of depends year to year. Um, some of the guys, that's that's all they're doing. You know, when we're in the UP, the majority of what we're doing is public land hunting. Now, do you find a difference with the team, the content? Because I think a lot of times what you're looking at or what you're looking for, you know, you guys have to put out a DVD. So you have a certain set of deliverables. So there has to be a number of kills because yep. it's difficult. I mean, it is called uh, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. But if it was only the pursuit, um, I think you'd sell a lot less DVDs, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> how how does that vary year to year? With you know? sure, it's definitely pressure. <laughs> um, 
you know, through the social media, you know, we got our own private page for the team. And the team is constantly submitting assets to that throughout the year. So if a guy's doing a food plot, he's capturing that. So that's part of the pursuit. The hinge cuts, um, you know, uh, soil tests, you know, whatever goes in through that. The setting cameras year-round, right right after season's done, we're, we're scouting already, you know, and, and, and hanging cameras and, and and shed hunting. And when you're turkey hunting, you're, you're kind of deer scouting, right, during that time as well. So all those assets get stored as well for the pursuit. But like you said, you know, we, we got to put some deer down. Otherwise, this, this could get lulled in a hurry. So, you know, this season was actually a, a great example of that. So we're almost... I think we made it, yeah, we're almost to November, and we don't have a single buck down, and we got very few doe down. I mean, we, we did great during the youth hunt and uh, a special hunt, but, oh, boy, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen? But, boy, as soon as the, the love was in the air, the bucks started making mistakes, and we started putting them down hard. I mean, leading all the way up to gun season, I mean, we got a, all kinds of bow bucks, you know, just beautiful bucks, too. I mean, the... The hunts on there, uh, one of the newer uh, team members, Dylan, he shot this buck, and it goes running right through this pond, and you can tell it's a double lunger. I mean, it's just, he did a great job filming that and capturing that hunt. Um, my 10 point, you know, got a good artery shot. I mean, that was a, it's called easy track job, you know, <laughs> and it definitely was, you know, uh, and, it, and everything went right. You know, the, the buck comes out. Uh, on our our home property i grunted he didn't pay attention i grunted again his head flung right up then he put his head back down i mimicked a a doe and man he whirled his body right around came running right to me i mean how often does it all work out just like that right not not often enough no so anyways things really came together uh our efforts and everything were we're starting to finally bear some fruit (laughs) So you you mentioned uh, turkey hunting, and I know that you personally, you know, you said had done some bear hunting. That's one of the things this year we're going to do some bear hunting, and we're going to kind of like up our our filming game or uh, attempt it. You know, it may be the Michigan bear pursuit, uh, right. <laughs> just the pursuit. Um, what tips do you have for us as far as you know, guys that have never bear hunted before? I've never seen a bear in the woods. We've got them all over on camera um and so i am certain with enough preparation you know we'll be able to get an opportunity i mean that was our elk thing right was here an elk seeing elk get an opportunity now i don't necessarily you can't put all that same things into into bear hunting they're not as vocal uh you know as elk are per se right. but uh, i think that we can get an opportunity uh, with the bear that are in the area but what tips would you have for for us just trying to start out and then trying to film it as well. Sure, sure. Well, they're they're definitely a different animal. Uh, you know, similar to deer, your your uh, their defense mechanism is their nose, their sense of smell. I've heard uh, before that their nose is seven times greater than a bloodhound. I don't know how they discover this stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what I've heard. So. One thing's for sure, they have a phenomenal sense of smell. They're very curious animals. I've got endless amounts of trail camera footage 
of bears walking by that have to touch that camera. They just cannot go by it without slamming it, sniffing it, smashing it, whatever. All my trail cameras that I've lost that have been broken have been from bear. Ripped off trees, just literally chowing on them. In, in, in video clips, that's pretty funny. But um, So they like the dark cover, dark under you know understory. If you're looking to bait them out in the open hardwoods, I would not recommend that. That's something that I had to learn the hard way. Um, so those guys that are afraid of the dark, you know, they're going to have to suck it up a little bit. Um, He's talking to you, John. I know. Right? <laughs> big, big scary cat. Um, let's see. Another thing is, is you know, you're just, you know, weather can can play a role in it. Uh, you're, the surroundings, you know, are there dog hunters in the area that are running these bears? So you, your, your bait might be just getting slammed. And then uh, suddenly it's it's cold. What happened? You know, something happened. Somebody shot your bear, or maybe there's dogs running. I'm, I'm not anti-dog hunters, but, you know, unless they're trespassing through my property. I'm not <laughs> real fond of that. But um, it happens. And then natural food in the woods. That's what you're competing against, you know. Uh, I think some people think, well, it's, you know, it's when the snow, it's because of the snow and it's cold that it's really not that. It's the... Your days are getting shorter, and the amount of uh, fruit for them to feed on in the woods uh, dwindles. And, and when that gets low, they're they're plugging up and they're thinking hibernation. Right. You know, they switch to grasses. They get away from the the sweets and carbs and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, th- those are things that I didn't know before. That wh- how important of a role you know all those factors you know come into it. So one of the questions that I have, you know. Whether it's been this year with standing sticks or, you know, for the past decades of climber hunting, it's always you bring your stand out there, you climb up the tree, and you can kind of set up based upon wind, based upon whatever. Even if you had bait, you could use the wind, you know, to your advantage. With bear hunting and their sense of smell being what it is, you know, if you have a set stand, you know, even for you, because your 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 property's further away than ours is, yeah. you know, if you're going to drive up there, you got all your bait set, your stand set, and then the wind is wrong. Do you just not hunt and call it a a, a wash? Or I mean, sure. how 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 do you manage that? I think different people do different things. You know, um, if you are setting multiple baits then, yeah, I, w- I would advise you to, to play the win. If you don't have that option, then maybe consider uh, having a, a tree that you plan to hang that stand on, but also leave a, if you can leave a pop-up there to change it up a bit. You know, even if the pop-up is at the, the base of the tree that you're going to climb into, you know, if you got a, a decent shooting lane there, a, a tunnel. The thing is, is with the bear, when, when you're maintaining that bait, if it's in the thick cover, like I was mentioning earlier, you'll see almost uh, an outline of their body on the trails. I mean, you know where they're going to come from. You know, so you might see three or four paths from different bear that are coming in. Um, and they're knocking down away the branches and the leaves, and, and you can get an idea almost of how big that bear really is. Of course, their footprints, you know, how big is their pad, you know, plays a role. Uh, how much are they manhandling those boulders or logs that you got there, that kind of thing. But even a tiny bear is, is awfully strong. You know? 
Yeah, so like I say, that's for us is a, a whole new new thing. It kind of gets off of the the whitetail thing, but I just know yeah that it's you fun. have experience, yeah. and uh, it's going to be one of the things that we're diving into, you know, going forward. Yeah. Uh, so it's when you got someone that's got the knowledge and you, sure. you ask them the question. Um, so what else can you tell us about um, you know the this year's DVDs and and kind of like you know one of the things is with the whitetail pursuit you guys have sponsors right so you have and so that's one of the things we talked about before the podcast was how do you have the sponsor and be authentic and 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 all of that sure well so we have guidelines for that um we're not just aimlessly looking for sponsors we're very intentional about it we're talking about it today you know we're looking for a sponsor that's a a michigan-based tree stand company you know we, we need some hang-ons we need some support here you know or some climbers or sticks or, or whatever so you know let, let's let's be intentional about this you know what 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 might be out there um so whatever it is sponsorship wise we're very focused on michigan manufacturers just like our michigan hunts you know we want to keep it keep it local essentially um so that that's our our priority there. Our title sponsors, uh, Fourth Arrow, Winsent. Uh, we have a great relationship there. Uh, we're big believers in the products. You know, using the camera arms and the different scents. You know, for cover scents and whatnot. Um, so yeah, we're not looking to be just the the NASCAR hunters with you know all these stickers all over us. And you know, these are I don't want it unless I'm going to use it. I, I got enough crap to carry out in the woods with me you know i don't need just more stuff right right so when you're watching the 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 dvd there and all everything how much of it is staged for the you know for your sponsor or you know you guys are using all this stuff so you're not taking b-roll from when you're back behind your house you know all the stuff you're using you're using Right. On your hunts, right? Right. So that uh, each team member, you know, we have our, our list of expectations, and and it um, addresses that specifically. Um, you know, often the deer that you're taking are not in full daylight. It's either it's low light conditions, right? It's very hard to stage. It's 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 too hard to try and reenact that so why not just do it right so self-filming is a huge commitment it is not for everybody absolutely (laughs) when i first started i i would commit to it for an opening day and that was as best as you're gonna get out of me but then once i succeeded at it now i can't i can't believe it myself how much my brain has created it as a habit that, I mean, to even take my son small gaming uh, two weeks ago, it's just squirrel hunting, you know. But I was, I felt weird to not have a camera along. And that's the first time I haven't had a camera along on any hunt in I don't know how long. A couple years probably, though. <laughs> I mean, not a single hunt without. So so on, on that note, and I was thinking about it when John was talking about leaving his camera arm or his, his camera in the truck. Um so it was is it this year or last year that your wife got her first solo filmed uh last kill, year. but that was even without the right 
yes. adapter for the camera. It goes with the old, what is it, uh, some people uh, uh, sit there and, and wonder what happened, those that, that make things, those that watch things happen, those that make things happen. And so uh, we, we, we all know to carry, you know, different levels of redundancy. Sometimes I filmed my turkey hunt this year. I was saved by a zip tie, you know, because <laughs> I didn't have the right fluid head adapter, the plate. That was, Amy, what you're referencing there, that was her situation. Is She she uh, texted me at work, hey, I'd like to, to go out hunting. I'm like, great, you know, and my neighbor, you know, uh, get, got her set up while she headed out. And she goes, I can't get the, the camera on the fluid head. I'm like, send me a picture of what you have. I had just gotten home from the UP, so all my stuff is just everywhere, you know. So she sends me a picture. I'm like, oh, no, it's it's the wrong plate. So I'm like, well, you're going to have to figure it out somehow. So she literally just set it on top of the fluid head. and had, But she had the fourth arrow arm and everything all set up there. And, yeah, just, just beautiful buck, you know, big fat horns to him and everything. She just double-lunged him. I mean, just awesome. And it was funny because I was giving, you know, the team a little bit of a uh, little bit of scuff about that because there's a couple that you know ran into you know low light so i couldn't film this or whatever and i'm like my wife goes out and she got her done <laughs> she's making us look bad here you know but anyways i was so proud of her i mean what a what an accomplishment that is to to go out there and make that happen she easily could have just not done it you know that would have been the easy thing to do right that i ran into that too it's like you know almost making an excuse like oh yeah well i don't have to carry it i don't have this or it might rain or you know right but yeah. i did i i carried it every chance and i mean i got some decent footage of of you know some nice six point you know some does and a uh, little three point and stuff but sure you know, got some footage but it didn't kill anything sure but, yeah th- this year that's going to be our goal is to to set that as being part of the everyday thing and john did really well uh <laughs> for myself i did the uh, exactly what you said you know i'm opening day yeah it's going to be great i'm going to do this and uh i relied a little bit too much on onyx coming back in the dark and uh, i was up past my knees in water and then i fell over with my pack and all my camera gear in it, in it and uh it didn't get ruined but I ruined a camera last year, so I was like, that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm I'm done. And then I tagged out this year. And so it was like, if I would have just had the camera, you know, the, it, yeah. that hindsight. So so this year is going to be um, the, the focus on that. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about everything that we've got here. Where can we, you know, where how can you direct uh, the listeners to, to find all of your products and, and you know. Sure. Um, just one final thing on what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, some nice helpful tools that I've had for self-filming um, to overcome some of these things. is So I run a, a, a Lumix uh, camera. It's a, it's a FZ300. It's only like a three or $400 camera. It's a point and shoot. It looks much like an SLR, but it can autofocus and whatnot. But it's 4K. You can do 60 frames per second, 120 frames per second. You know, very, very good quality footage. The beauty of that camera, though, is it is damp-proof. 
and like a dustproof type um, build to it. So it's I've put this thing to, through some. It should have <laughs> broke by now. <laughs> I mean, no mercy, right? That thing has just survived amazing things. But then with that, I also bring a one-gallon Ziploc bag. So if I do have it on the fluid head, it can rain all at once. I can put that Ziploc bag right over top of it. I don't seal it or anything. I just set it on top, you know, in the hunt. And if a deer comes in, I'm going to remove that bag. That can- that camera's going to have to do its part. <laughs> and it better do it, you know. But then I, I got my old, you know, trusty camera that I used before that. Still, I didn't flip it or sell it. I just I keep that in my pack in a Ziploc bag, too. So if that camera dies, because... I've had it, you know, batteries dying, oh no, you know, I got another camera, I quick throw that on, I got another fluid head plate ready to rock, so extra SD cards, all these things, all these reasons to fail, right? right. So it's all about preparation, just like right. running. Um, DVDs, so folks can go, they can always message us through Facebook, you know, it's easy way to communicate, but also uh, if they want to Google Michigan Whitetail Pursuit or mywhitetailpursuit.com. There's an online store, so they can order the DVDs and uh, have them shipped direct. Well, Ben, I really appreciate you taking the time right here. You know, obviously, we can hear with the background noise and things like that. Mm-hmm. The show's buzzing, and you guys are, you know, you may sell out of DVDs here right right here today. So it's been a, a great show, a lot of people. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate you sitting down with you, and uh, we're definitely going to pick your brain again on some more bear hunting when it gets uh, a little bit closer to the season. But. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Right on. It's a pleasure talking hunting with you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. There you go.